Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This bothers me very much. Attorney General Merrick Garland sounding the alarm on a nationwide spike in crime. From smash and grabs in California to more than 1,000 murders this year on the streets of Chicago and surrounding areas, America's cities, small and large, are under the microscope and breaking records. Yeah, yeah, we've noticed. By the way, there's a story out of Chicago. Um, and I keep an eye on Chicago. I grew up in Chicago land, and, you know, that's... Uh, where my my heart considers home, honestly, after all these years. Um, so there's this there's this uh, you know group of folks. It's several groups coming together, doing some really really cool things to try to revitalize and bring together some of the the tougher neighborhoods in Chicago to remind each other. Um, that's funny. My my Midwestern accent almost never comes out except when I say Chicago. Anyway. Um, Doing all sorts of things to try to bring neighbors together, make sure everybody knows everybody, mentoring for kids. Uh, you got this My Block, My Hood, My City organization that's trying to inspire and empower communities uh, in Chicago. It's just all sorts of stuff. They've even, they're going around. He and team, this guy who heads up uh, this uh, My Block, My Hood, My City, um, which you could, you know, call MBMHMC, but that's every bit as long as the original name. Anyway, uh, he and teams of volunteers are going around the rough neighborhoods, hundreds of them, lights, ribbons, and wreaths, decorating for the holidays, helping people decorate their houses. So these people are doing beautiful work. And so like they do every year, they put up a Christmas tree um, in uh, Washington Park, as I recall, uh, Garfield Boulevard, ML King Drive, if you know the area. Um, uh, but they put up the tree. Hours later, somebody burnt it down. I'm not talking about the Fox News Christmas tree in Manhattan. This is in Chicago. Um, somebody just burns it down. God, people are savages. Uh, and that's the third time. Third time somebody has just tried to destroy the tree. Man, you got sick people. You know, that's uh, is is Jack available? Is he on the line at this point? I'm getting no, not yet. Okay, maybe we'll, let's grab him for next segment. Let him rest a little bit. He's in the hospital right now, if you're not uh, hip to that whole thing. But, you know, that it just shows you why it's so incredibly important. You don't let civilization crumble in the way it's it's crumbling these days. And we're about to talk about some of the problems in Los Angeles in particular, which, like New York, our, our twin, our bookend gigantic cities in America, have gone from awesome, really Really impressive stories of success and decent management. As good as you're going to get in a megalopolis. You know, it's a hard thing to run. But um, you see them degenerating now into crime and chaos and ugliness. I think for, in a weird way, this Christmas tree thing, it reminds you that civilization is hard to build. The natural state of man is the nasty, brutish, and short life and just people at each other's throats and robbery and and ugliness and the rest of it. And if you can build a civilization where people can function and live lives of, of, uh, you know, productivity and satisfaction and love and, and, you know, self-realization, the rest of it, it's a danged miracle. And I think a lot of people take it for granted because they've grown up with it. 
They think, well, of course people respect each other's property. Of, poor, of course people don't smash you over the head and take your stuff as you walk down the street like the highwaymen of old. We have police. We have courts. We have criminal justice system. Uh, anybody who does something foul like that is yanked off the streets and put in a cage where they belong. So, of course, we have civilization. Now, I'll tell you what. You get lazy and cocky like that. You start to let things slip around the edges. You see ugliness like that. And all that, that might be one person burnt down that tree. Probably was one person, honestly. And, and, and the good news is those good people who are busting their butts for their communities in their city, uh, they're, they're, it's inspiring them. They're not discouraged by it. They're re-inspired to try to, uh, you know, bring that good to their, their neighborhoods. So good for them and God bless them in that effort. But it just goes to show, I mean, one, Ugly, destructive predator can screw up a good thing so easily. Civilization, law, and order, you know, our neighborhoods, they're so vulnerable to the predators. And then you get these radical lunatics here, George Gascone and Chesa Bodine and all the DAs, we the gal from Boston we were talking about and St. Louis and Chicago again and, and just all these places. They they act like, no, 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 if we put my, my uh, George Soros-funded Marxist principles in place, we'll have a Valhalla where nobody commits any crimes, we'll have income equality and, and satisfying lives and the rest of it. Don't worry about the predators. They're just misunderstood. They just invaded your home and beat you within an inch of your life and left your brain damaged because of income inequality. What that weird Bond villain communist say last week? We we gotta have that clip handy. It's one of the most extraordinary things I've ever heard. You can't prosecute your way out of income inequality, as if that's your job. It reminds me, it, it's really in that top echelon of bizarre things that we've had uh, tapes we played on the show with uh, the ancient Jerry Brown, former governor of California, with his. People who've disproportionately extracted uh, from the public wealth. Yeah, because the makers in our society, the entrepreneurs, the successful people, they're extracting wealth. Those they're who not, have been blessed the go. most, who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, they're going to have to share more of that. So my buddy, who grew up uh, working with his hands, he was a mechanic, the rest of it, he built a business that now employs dozens of people. They're enormously productive. A bunch of people feed and clothe and medicate their family thanks to his efforts. He's extracting from the public wealth, according to Jerry Brown. Well, uh, do we have the Gascon clip? I am proud of our entire team in the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. We cannot prosecute our way out of social inequalities, income inequalities, the unhoused, the desperation that we have. So the prosecutor refuses to prosecute because it's not going to help with income inequality. Boy, that is just crazy talk. Crazy, crazy, crazy. L.A. Times, I think it's the L.A. Times. Isn't it? Let me flip up. No, it's the New York Times reporting on L.A. Talking about, uh, they start with a, a dude who's lived for 22 years in this uh, nice place in the Fairfax district. Um, it's kind of, you know, middle part of L.A. Uh, his block used to make him proud with neat lawns and palm trees. Crime was low. Streets were clean. When a problem arose, maybe drug use in the park, maybe uh, heavy traffic, the city seemed to know how to address it. All that has changed. 
Now, I'm not, again, I'm not quoting from, you know, Breitbart or the Washington Times. This is the New York Times that you'd think would have sympathy with the lefty leadership of, of law. All that has changed. Homicides in the area have risen from one in 2019 to more than a dozen this year, according to the LAPD. Why do they say more than a dozen? Sure, is it 13 or is it 80? Because both of those are more than a dozen. Is that Do they teach you that in journalism school? Instead of just giving a number, say something fancy like more than a dozen? I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it's just kind of funny. And uh, this bloke, Peter, who lives there, he cannot drive more than a block or two without passing homeless encampments, which are meth camps. Remember that. Homeless encampments are meth camps. The, I got, uh, I lost my job, I get a medical bill, I couldn't pay homeless. They're not living in tent camps doing drugs all day long. Those are meth camps. Anyway, uh, drought has withered the yards. Trash blows past on the Santa Ana winds. Wave of, waves of robberies have left armed guards posted for months outside high-end sneaker boutiques. Earlier this month, police officers responded to a burglary four miles from his house, arrested a parolee in connection with the slaying of an 81-year-old woman. In her house. And then they talk about the the, the, the pandemic for some reason. Uh, how it's like a disaster movie. Although the pandemic has very little to do with the, the other things we're talking about. But as the nation's second most populated city struggles to emerge from the wreckage of the pandemic, a pileup of crises is confronting Los Angeles and those who hope to become its mayor next year. They get into the politics a little bit. Maybe we can, we can talk about that in a bit. Uh, but former mayor Villagrosa said, Rome is burning in a television interview. You listen to the experience of that uh, one fellow living in that one neighborhood, how it's gone from idyllic and, and people are proud and they're meticulous about their surroundings and, and they work together to solve problems. I mean, it's, it's the way America ought to work. But because of the George Gascones, the turning a blind eye to crime, the, the no bail thing, turning criminals loose, now people are getting beaten, they're mugged, the meth camps have taken over the streets. You see the extended effects it has. The way it's it's soured that neighborhood, turned it rotten. I think I'm preaching to the choir here. I think you know what I'm talking about. But uh, boy, keep advocating for what you believe. Because the number of people, and it's shocking, isn't it? You can hardly believe it. The number of people who fall for the... Marxist, utopian, unicorn-riding crap just boggles my mind. Is it some sort of wishful thinking? Is it uh, arrested adolescence or something like that that you you can't deal with the fact that they're bad people? Maybe maybe their upbringing was bad. Maybe they got some bad breaks. Maybe it's their genetics. I don't know. But there are bad people. They're predators. And if you don't protect society against them, they tear society apart. Duh. Right? All right, more on that. A whole bunch of stuff to talk to. Oh, one of my favorite stories. Oh, we have a tsunami awokeness coming up later. Also, 46-year-old woman decides she's going to steal her daughter's identity and go back to college. It's like that idiotic Rodney Dangerfield movie, that uh, Back to School or what it was called. Yeah, Back to School. Oh, a cinematic classic. Michael, am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Yeah, I love the movie. This 46-year-old woman tries to pass herself off as a like a 21-year-old and gets away with it for a while. So that that torrid story, that that tale of deceit and woe uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. 
Workers do have more leverage now, but it's time for them to go back to work. I quite frankly don't care whether they're ready or not. You know, it's time to go back to work. And if the president continues to give people excuses not to go back to work, he's not going to get over this problem. We can discuss that statement and more with the co-host of the Armstrong and Getty Show, live from the hospital, Jack Armstrong. Jack? Just got done walking my laps. I try to do that every so often. You're supposed to do that to avoid blood clots, I guess. Mm, yeah. So uh, so I go walk my laps. You don't want the deep pain thrombosis. Yeah, but I got these uh, massagers on my legs. Have you ever been in the hospital long enough to get the leg massagers? Yeah, it seems to me I did after maybe a hip operation or something like that. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So I lay here and they strap these things around me and uh, they inflate and deflate and constantly massage my legs. While I'm asleep or awake or whatever, and it's a, you know you get kind of used to it. But the, my my main takeaway from this whole thing is, and this is not a surprise to me or anybody that knows me really, but I am not good at laying around. I am. Mm-hmm. It is not something I'm good at. And uh, God, this just being in bed. I haven't turned. I had the TV on once for a little while because a buddy of mine visited who likes football and there was a game on. He cared about. It. Otherwise, I haven't even considered turning on the television. Um, I just. Uh, People have suggested shows I could binge watch or whatever. I just, I just, that's just, I'm just not built that way or something. It's hmm. killing me. Just laying it. I never sit down to watch TV at home, ever. I, any TV I see, it's, it's on as I'm doing other things, but like the idea of sitting down, uh, just uh, anathema. And, um, and just laying in bed for four days now is just, oh, it's suffocating. Yeah, gosh, that's yeah. You are extra twitchy. I mean, you don't sit down and watch a movie on a Netflix or anything like that. No, no, not really. Um, well, I have to stand at work. I find it difficult to sit down. I just, I don't know, got something wrong with me. Yeah, um, I know. I did, I did, I did just watch. <laughs> I did just watch the highlight of Tom Brady's seven hundredth TD pass, which was a walk off overtime win. So that was something. Holy wow. crap! Wow, what is his deal? Oh, hey, speaking of sitting, you know, we were talking earlier, I was talking earlier about how New, New Zealand is banning smoking completely. They've got a, a new law that moves the smoking age up year by year by year, and so current 14-year-olds will never be legal to smoke. And, yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, libertarian, my libertarian friends will kill me for this, but I, I don't know how you justify the the, the existence of cigarettes as a legal product you just buy wherever. I mean, what? either heroin has to be completely legal or cigarettes go. I don't understand why they both exist. Well, the problem is then where do you stop? For instance, uh, Ricky T. writes, since New Zealand wants to ban smoking for a new generation and sitting is the new smoking, they will also now ban sitting for the same group of people, <laughs> right? They could have a whole generation who won't experience the pain and suffering caused by sitting. Yeah, but you uh, you obviously do need to sit at various times. It's nice to sit at the table to eat or uh, all kinds of different reasons sitting is a good idea. You don't need to ever freaking smoke. It doesn't it doesn't need to apply to booze. There's plenty of people that enjoy alcohol recreationally. There's just there's no 
need for recreational smoking. It's just a bunch of poison sticks, a for-profit poison stick industry, incredibly addictive. I know, I'm getting screamed at by libertarians over this. Well, let me uh, step in and scream at you for them. No, I just, I I understand. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty defensible position, but who gets to decide where that line is drawn? It's a hard thing. I mean, if I smoke a couple of cigarettes a day, what's the likely effect on my health? I don't know. Probably it's not going to be great, but it might not be bad. Uh, You know, you got your booze, you got your obesity, you outlaw uh, overeating. Oh, man, that reminds me. So I was all proud of myself. I haven't walked 18 holes um, since uh, I started getting hip operations. Um, I I wore them out as a uh, uh, bull rider, in case you're new to the show. Um, Exactly. Bull riding. yeah. Oh, the, the eight seconds. I lived for the eight seconds, Jack. Anyway, um, it's eight, right? Twelve? Is it eight or twelve? Eight. 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 I lived eight. for those eight seconds, Jack. Anyway, uh, so I was all proud of myself. I I'd, I'd, uh, planned to ride, as usual, because I'm a man who craves leisure. And um, and you know, a couple of the guys I'm playing with said, hey, you're uh, we're walking. Do you want to walk? I said, yeah, I'll walk the front nine. Then I'll jump in my car, right? Well, I get done with the front nine, and I'm feeling good. So I thought, to hell with it. I'm going to walk 18. We just got 30 seconds left. Oh, I can't finish the story. Oh, man. That's too bad. There's a grizzly bear and a guy's arm getting ripped off. And then there's a brief gunfight. But we have no time for the tale. So anyway, I'll finish it later. (laughs) I'll finish it later. Uh, Are you going to be able to hang around a little bit? We got five seconds left. I'll I'll be here whenever you want. All right. Sounds good. Uh, more to come. That uh, old gal who passed herself, herself off as her own college daughter. Coming up. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was reported that Sylvester Stallone will star in a new TV series playing an Italian mob boss from Kansas City in what is an absolute nightmare scenario for the closed captioning guy. <laughs> Sly Stallone's mumbly joke? I could Rip. see that being good. Yeah, I think I could, too. I, you know, I used to think of Sly Stallone as an actor and a gifted creative guy. Then I, he kind of moved into jokey status. I don't know if that's fair. Maybe this is a return to form. Could be. So uh, here is a 48-year-old woman, a Missouri mama, facing jail time after she admitted to stealing her estranged daughter's identity in order to secure student loans, enroll in college, and pursue her sexy co-ed fantasies. So at the time she was about 45, she did it from, for a few years, ages like 43 to 46. She assumed her estranged daughter's identity. She actually applied for a social security card in her daughter's name, which she promptly received in the mail. That's how hard it is. And she assumed her daughter's identity, <laughs> saying her name was not uh, Laura, but Lauren Hayes, and that she was only 22 years old. She's in her mid-40s now. And so I guess she, she got student loans. She enrolled in school. Whenever she would send pictures around of herself, she used, like, those uh, those filters that make you look younger. Right. Or give you puppy ears and nose and stuff like that. But she even started seducing unsuspecting men in their early 20s who thought she was a 22-year-old college student. 
So now, this is a just a different version of the teacher who has sex with the students, right? They're just trying to relive their youth. I guess so. Everybody's an adult in this scenario. So it's definitely, uh, you know, dishonest, but it's not, you know, child exploitation-y. But I'm looking True, at... And, and I got to say, if I'm a 20-year-old guy and you tell me, you know, you, you uh, or at least imply you're 22, but you're 45, it's on me to, like, judge whether or not that's true, I guess. Well, I'm looking at a picture of her from, actually, a couple of pictures of her from that era when she was posing as a 22-year-old. And I'm thinking as a guy, yeah, she, I saw her, her picture on, you know, she tweeted, a, you know, messaged me a picture or something. And uh, she shows up. She's looking a little rough, a little rough for a 22-year-old. I mean, if you're if you're a 22-year-old college gal and you show up looking like that, I'm thinking you've had a rough night or three. Um, right. No offense. <laughs> time time is not been kind to to any of us since our college right. days. But then I the guy's probably thinking, well, she looks a little rough, but she's hot to trot. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The average college dude is saying, "All right, you're 22. Whatever. Let's go back to my place." You know. Yeah. Exactly. If but that's, if that makes you feel better. You thinking? I think. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, she had completely adopted a younger lifestyle, clothing, makeup, and personality. She had completely mm-hmm. assumed becoming a younger person in her younger in her, her early 20s. There's plenty of people to do that. Yeah, so she took in this family that she was leave, living with, applied for financial aid, went back to school, uh started hanging with the young lads. I don't know. Huh? A guy a guy does that, he's he's like a perv and a predator, right? Or no? If everybody's an adult, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't claiming know. you're claiming you're uh, thirty when you're forty as a dude, I don't I'm know. Not sure. I'm not sure lying about your age is a crime. I'm that concerned about as long as everybody's an adult. No, there she is wearing kitten ears just to just drive home the fact that she's so a really rough looking twenty two year old. <laughs> since you brought that up, I don't get the whole puppy nose kitten ear thing that is seems to be popular online. Now, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm shocked. I thought you would thoroughly embrace that that trend. Well, it's yes. it's cute and funny. You're a man who condemns people for using emojis. So yeah. grownups, yes, yes. So no, I don't picture you doing the kitten ear thing. <laughs> Probably oh, not. Speaking of aging, have you heard about these new eye drops that could replace reading glasses? Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was just approved by the FDA in October, which somehow I missed. Um, it, it takes you put the uh, one drop in each eye, takes effect in about fifteen minutes, and you get sharper vision for six to ten hours. Um, awesome. Said one gal in the study, it's definitely a life changer. No, uh, no readers in every room in the house to make sure you have any. Um, oh, this is huge. Yeah, now, cool. if you do it. If you do it for more than three months, your eyeballs rot out of your head or anything like that? Eh, maybe. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. It seems odd to me that it's okay to do this repeatedly. I mean, because it's not like you only need to read twice a month or something like that. I picture people using this, you know, once a day. Uh, let's see. It's the first FDA-approved eye drop to treat age-related blurry near vision, also known as presbyopia. 
uh, roughly. The prescription drug utilizes the eye's natural ability to reduce its pupil size, which expands the depth of field or the depth of focus, aperture if you're a photographer, and then allows you to focus at different ranges naturally. Uh, 30 days worth costs about 80 bucks. Uh, side effects detected in the three-month trial include headaches and red eyes. When I was, uh, I've talked about this before, when I was going through chemotherapy, I did not need reading glasses during that entire time. And I was hoping that that was permanent, but it wasn't. When I went off whichever medication, I went back to needing reading glasses. But it fixed my close vision eyesight, some, some drug I was on. Yeah, yeah, how interesting. I'm so lucky I don't need reading glasses. For whatever reason, my eyes at this age have settled into, I can focus about a foot, foot and a half. That's my perfect focus. And, well, you know, if, you're, if you're 100 yards away from me, I don't know if you're a grizzly bear or my best friend, but. Well, you could pull off going back to college and pretending you're 22 and having the, the dog nose and the, the kitten ears then. Sure, and hitting up on uh, 21-year-old co-eds. Sure, I could. Yeah, I'll show up. <laughs> sure. Like, all right, sure granddad, well. on your way. <laughs> On your way before I call the cops, Dubby. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, one final note on the Vuity. These new drops, Vuity. Try Vuity. It's by no means a cure-all, says this article. Uh, and the maker does caution against using the drops when driving at night or performing activities in low-light conditions. Uh, so, um... So you can't use it if you might be driving at night. See, this, this is where it gets a little complicated, I think. Um, how long did I say it? It fixes your uh, six to ten hours. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's there's a downside right there. I mean, if it if you happen to be one of those people that lasts for ten hours, you, you throw some in your eyeballs at nine a.m. to get some work done, and then you, you realize, oh, the you know my wife can't pick up the kids. I got to go pick them up, and all of a sudden you're squinting because everything's starry and the rest of it. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, check your local listings or ask your doctor, consult your pharmacist, or talk to a drug dealer. I don't know what to do. Just uh, don't, don't take clergyman. it from me. <laughs> exactly. Speak to your clergyman. Do not take pharmaceutical advice from the Armstrong and Getty Show. On the other hand, you should take this advice. Simply save home security to protect your home, to protect your family, <clears throat> your business, your workshop, wherever you have stuff you need to protect. Uh, declared the best home security system of 2021 by U.S. News & World Report, and yet... And yet, it is much simpler to use. It's less expensive. No long-term contract. You can learn more at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. And you can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. And right now, because it is the season of miracles, you can take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals. Get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Uh, again, that word is Armstrong. I'm sorry. I had my mid-show snack and I got pieces of blueberry in my mouth. Uh, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to get 40% off the entire system. Indoor, outdoor cameras, sensors monitored around the clock by trained pros. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So the New York Times, I don't know if you saw this, did a bit of a hit piece on Biden over the weekend that I thought was a little surprising about his views of the economy. They uh, juxtaposed, put side by side, at least it was side by side online. I don't know what it looked like in the print version, but um, they had uh, Joe Biden uh, complaining is the wrong word, but he was uh, he was uh, there was a big push out of the White House friday and saturday to try to convince americans that the economy is good and uh he was 
using the, a lot of the jobs numbers. And so he's got this graph that they've been putting out, wanting everybody to see that the Biden presidency has created more jobs in the first however many months than any presidency in U.S. history, practically every presidency in U.S. history combined. Um, a lot <laughs> of people push back on that pretty easily, that when a, a third of Americans lose their jobs because of a pandemic, and then most of them come back when the vaccine hits, that's not you creating jobs. But that's, you know, that's clearly the White House obviously. measuring it. Mm-hmm. But so next to that article about all the Joe Biden quotes saying, you know, what's there to feel bad about? This number's the best ever. This number's the best ever. This number's the best ever. New York Times had a big piece that said, why do so many Americans feel like the economy is bad? Because it is. And then it laid out all the underlying problems in our economy and how and all the ways that Americans are feeling the reality of the bad economy, by far the number one, of course, being inflation. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting that the New York Times did that. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think it's that, that obvious. Yeah, I, I think it's that big a deal that they can't ignore it anymore. Maybe they're regaining some of their actual journalist chops. But, you know, I, was, I, I came across this headline in the Wall Street Journal. How bad inflation is might depend on how bad you feel about it. And I thought, oh, okay, this is the emotional uh, component of uh, inflation thing that we've been talking about. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and dive into this article and really come to an understanding of it and bring it to the folks um, on the radio show. But honestly, they, they use all these weird measures about people's concern about inflation. Um, and then they assign a number to it. And there are a bunch of different ways they measure it. But one of the points that became clear in the article is that if you have never lived with significant inflation, you don't know to be worried about it. I mean, in the very short term, you might be annoyed that bacon's twice as expensive. But you can't measure the emotional component of inflation correctly because people don't they, they they've, they've never been stung by a bee before so when a bee flies by they have no idea that they ought to be concerned about it so nobody's quite hmm, sure I how to even get a grasp of that i don't think that will take very long to figure out though the bee is stinging us right now the pain is going to hit quite quickly i mean i, I don't see how you could not uh, fully embrace the problems of inflation over the next six months. Right, right. Well, and then the interesting final facet of this, and we probably ought to take a break. We've got some good clips we can play on the way back about the Build Back Better thing. Uh, Lindsey Graham just blasting it over the weekend. But the argument is that people are hurting. They're hurting. They need trillions of dollars in government handouts and projects and the rest of it. At the same time, they're shouting that we're creating more jobs than ever. The economy's right. red hot. Right. we got inflation. Right. They're just, they, they have no argument to make. Right. Those two things can't go together. You can't claim you're, you're the best economic president. Of all. By the, the latest ABC poll out yesterday, 60-some percent of Americans, unfavorable view of uh, Biden's handling of the economy. I mean, that, that's pretty rough. Wow, for that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, for a Democrat who uh, won all those votes, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Well, the old man's goose is cooked, uh, no doubt. Just, uh, you know, what uh, form it takes and what other uh, zigs and zags we see in the next couple of years are wide, wide open. It's a little scary. Uh, more to come. Let's take a break. If you have any thoughts on this, uh, I don't think Jack's monitoring the text line. In fact, I hope you're not. Uh, but you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden said the bill was fully, fully paid for. Vice President Harris said it was paid for. Schumer, Pelosi, Secretary of Treasury Yellen. The CBO says it's not paid for. It's $3 trillion of deficit spending. It's not $1.75 trillion over 10 years. It's $4.9 trillion. Lindsey Graham there on uh, Fox News Sunday uh, talking about the Build Back Bolivar or Build Back Bolshevik. That's the one I like. Um, And how they're still trying to ram that down America's gullet, even though Joe Manchin is making uh, pretty consistently negative noises about it. I just I don't see it happening. Uh, with all inflation already rolling, it just uh, if if this goes through, I mean that it'll just show that sanity has been lost completely. It's just such a horrible, horrible idea. Uh, let's have a little more of Lindsey Graham, fifty-one. The House should revote. The vote in the House was based on a fraud. This bill doesn't cost one point seven five trillion. It cost almost five trillion. It doesn't add three hundred billion dollars to the deficit. It adds three three trillion. There is not a plan to pay for it. If there is, I missed it. So give it to me. Give it to the American people. Before we vote in the Senate, show me how you pay for this bill. Friend of mine, speaking of Joe Manchin, uh, is a dyed-in-the-wool conservative, and, and he comes up to me. He says, "Joe, if you were the Democrats, who would you run in 2024?" And he said, "I'll give you a hint. My choice would could could absolutely win." And I said, "I don't know. I gave the standard answer: some uh, some moderate Midwestern governor, got decent uh, numbers on both sides of the aisle, comes off as reasonable." Not a lot there for conservatives to hate. Not a wackadoodle. Not some uh, social justice kook. Um, he said, yeah, he said, that's good. How about Joe Manchin? And I said, whoa, wait a minute now. And he made the case. Guy is known far and wide as a moderate, conservative, really, in a lot of ways. Uh, reasonable. Talks to people on both sides. Got kind of that uh, average guy feel, even though his, his family's made a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but... That's politics. And I thought, wow, Joe Manchin, that is interesting. And you can't make the old conventional wisdom claim that America doesn't elect senators. I mean, it was, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, after LBJ, who, of course, uh, vaulted in the office when Kennedy was assassinated, we didn't elect a senator till Obama, which was the beginning of the celebrity president era, really. I mean, you got to... He had no credentials. Anyway, uh, so anyway, I just thought that was an interesting point. But speaking of Joe Manchin, Lindsey Graham talking about uh, conversations he's had with the West Virginian, 52. And you know why I wrote a letter to CBO? Because Joe Manchin came to me and he said, I think this bill is full of gimmicks, that these programs won't go away, Lindsey. And if you score them for 10 years, I think the bill will double. Well, it didn't double. It was almost two and a half times. So I, I hope that this will be a showstopper for Bill Back Better. And then uh, finally to the uh, question of inflation, 54 so if you pass Build Back Better, it declares war on fossil fuels. It gives tax credits to buy electric vehicles made by union plants, which hurts BMW and Volvo. This bill, Build Back Better, will be gasoline on the inflation problem. It destroys the ability to extract fossil fuels. Gas prices went up 58%. The last thing I'm going to do is add more burdens to working families in South Carolina. Yeah, let's go ahead and play uh, 55. 
And here's my message to the Democratic Party. Quit lying about this bill. They should re-vote it in the House. And Senator Manchin, you were right. I hope you'll stand up and stop this madness. We need to stop Build Back Better before it destroys this country. Yeah, I agree completely, and I hope they do. He got, uh, Lindsey Graham got into a bit of a jawing match with uh, Chris Wallace about whether Republicans had used similar budget tricks to pass uh, Trump's tax cuts. Uh, maybe we'll play that next hour, because uh, it's an interesting exchange. Um, but there are some fundamental faults with Chris Wallace's argument. I know a lot of you think Chris Wallace is uh, a hack or a closet lefty or something like that. I've always thought he's a pretty decent journalist. He's a really, really good interviewer. Yeah, I think, honestly, if you were to hit him with the uh, sodium pentothal or something, he'd admit he's uh, moderate or, or even a little left to moderate. But he's been the host of Fox News Sunday's. Respected far and wide as a down-the-middle journalist, and there are a few of those left. Well, he announced yesterday he's leaving for CNN. Leaving Fox News for CNN. Maybe we'll play that for you. Yeah, in fact, let's just go ahead and do that next hour. Uh, a lot of the liberal media are saying, well, it's because the opinion hosts are dragging Fox way into the uh, the conspiracy theory fringe zone, like uh, Tucker Carlson's Patriot Purge uh, documentary and the rest of it. Uh, uh, that could be he might be uncomfortable with that. In fact, it said he is uncomfortable with that. On the other hand, I have a feeling his contract was over. I know his contract was over, and CNN backed up the money truck. It uh, you know gets to all of us. Anybody got a money truck they'd like to back up around here? Feel free. Uh, so if you don't get next hour, because we've got a lot of good stuff to get to, just grab it later today via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.